Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon. This is now the third time that we've started this because uh, apparently my brain isn't working. So uh, I'd like to introduce uh, everybody who's joined. Hi, I'm Becky Newbra, a.k.a. Bobo Bex. Hello, I'm Corn Animal. Hello, I am Epi Canis, and let me repeat that, it's Epi Canis and not Epic Anus. <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> it never gets old. Howdy, folks. It's 51.50, and you'll have to bear with me today. I've got a cold, so I may be interrupted by coughing. And we also have uh, John in as a listener. Um, let's mosey on through the um, show, the uh, summary of the shows that was going on. Um, 10.86 was the HBR Community News, and a lot really to say about that. Then we had another one of City's interview from uh, Foscon, and there's a few more of them in the queue ready to come up. We also had a show from Ahuka from PangaCon 2012, and that was followed by um, a Sky SQL talk about um, Mariah DB, which was at the GNU Linux Fest Northeast. The rounding off the week was a Deep Geek News that was 1090. Following week started off with a one of our big contributors here to Hacker Public Radio, Dave. Unfortunately, can't be with us tonight. Wasn't this but, also his first one, Ken? It was, yes, actually, it was. But he's done a massive amount for us on the behind the scenes, so um, uh, it was nice to see him uh, come up. And you know what? This this episode for me was I've been using Vim for years, and I had no idea that plugins were even possible in it. Yeah, I must admit, I was really surprised that this was his sort of first one because he went into so much detail, and it was, and it was obvious that he was so knowledgeable about this subject. But it's it's always a pleasure to hear um, from Dave. Actually, I'm glad he's on the call, or he isn't on the call tonight because uh, and I can waffle on about how brilliant he is. No matter what topic comes up, he he seems to be at least a. a expert in it or at least been very modestly very knowledgeable about the topics so i've i'm trying to conjole him to do a the missing episode one two and three of this series so to bring us all up to the level where we know that vim actually has plugins yeah i would i was very impressed by this and i i don't spend uh well, I I used to use Vi in college, but uh, I, I'm af- I'm afraid I've uh, forgotten everything I knew about it, and I've dropped back to uh, Nano as my CLI editor of choice usually. But uh, this this made me uh, think about uh, getting back into it, and it's uh, I would just say, Dave, he was. Klaatu-esque in his level of knowledge and authority on the subject. You can't uh, give higher praise than that, indeed. Um, the following day, we had Mr. Gadgets with uh, 1092 Ham Radio, the regional tech geek passion, and Mr. Gadgets, I am very cross with Mr. Gadgets, because I heard on other podcasts that they have been having... Um, uh, they've been talking to each other, and I have a long-standing request out for um, uh, Ham Radio guys to do a HPR episode over Ham Radio. I think that would be the coolest thing out. So, Mr. Gadgets, you owe me a show, dude. Yeah, the thing I was amazed to learn over that you can that they have the bandwidth to do actual streaming video now because I. Uh, uh, when we used to have a local computer club, one of the guys was a ham, and he would he just had like a GIF uh, uh, of his little 
that he made for himself and the mnemonic for his uh uh for for his uh letters and, and but he would talk about slow scan radio and how they could transfer it from computer to computer but it was it was just like this little gif and took like half an hour at that time so they somewhere somewhere the bandwidth must have really opened up in the last 20 years yeah it's uh again i i i'm constantly fighting the urge to have another hobby and i think this uh this one would be so easy when you're living the meters under sea level at the best of times would be so easy to justify this one but we need it in case of disaster or something like that um okay moving on uh 1093 was separation of presentation from uh content off of software ahuka again couldn't agree more absolutely could not agree more in fact i think ha- half the people who use word processor word processors have no clue how to use them in the first place yeah, this has really made me think a lot uh, because usually my show notes, I just do them in LibreOffice and do a save as HTML. And I'm thinking, uh, you're going. I'm going kind of cross purposes on on the tags, doing it that way. Even if I had the tags right in in uh, in LibreOffice, probably saving it as HTML is going is going to lose them. So I I I going to try to make an effort on on the ones I haven't uh in the queue to fit to finish up or uh you know the ones I still haven't submitted yet to see if I can't do the show notes the way he suggested over from scratch using uh uh using an HTML tool from the beginning for me uh, it was quite interesting, actually, bearing in mind some of the conversation that's been on the mailing list this month around contributing show notes. Well, the, the show notes, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a discussion. Um, getting show notes at all is fine, is great, is actually fantastic because it saves me having to do them. That's not to say if you send in a show, we're very, 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 very uh, welcome. Those are very, very welcome. And it's not that big a problem to do the show notes. The only thing is it adds a bit of a delay because if there's no show notes, then obviously I need to put it onto my MP3 player or my AUG player. And... Um, and just listen to it so that I can then do the show notes, which brings a delay, of course. So um, then the next day we had and uh, N94, Linux, Beer, and Who Cares. This was an episode by Brian Brown, uh, who I need to apologize for, too, because this was stuck in the queue. I, I had understood that it was an episode from 5150, and as such, I, I scheduled it as an episode for 5150. Um and it was obviously an episode by Briar Brown once you listen to it. But um, my apologies go out to both of you guys and Red Dwarf, of course, as well, for uh, not scheduling that correctly. Although you should what? get some slack 5150 for not telling me bef- sooner. Well, I did submit it as Briar Brown dash linear and who cares. But I, I had forgotten at the time that, uh, you know, Actually, I'm not sure Bayer wanted this as his his first one because we've discussed later. He said, "No, don't you remember? I wanted it to go under you because uh, he has some pro- a couple projects he's mentioned that he wanted to. When he finally did him, he wanted to throw up on, in the in the queue first as his as his first one. So by pointing that out, uh, but uh, like I said, it's between 
between us actually doing this last spring and me getting uh, getting the audio from him and me add, adding the little explanation to the end and, and the intro and outro, that was probably at least a month. And, and you know, anything that we discussed that night, if you've listened to the episode about who should take credit and all that when we recorded it, I was probably somewhat foggy on that in the first place the next day and so you know but i think i think really my my saying oh that's a buyer episode and let's you know let's uh uh and i i did uh that it might be eligible for being bumped up i think he you know he's he might actually uh be mad at me for well not mad at me but he's like no i want to do another one later and get bumped to the top is um buyer brown a radio dj or does he podcast a lot? He is on uh, other shows. He does the Distro Watch Weekly podcast. And if he's not a DJ, he should be. I was just going to say, because for me listening, he was what I would associate being a typical um, radio DJ. The, the voice, you know, it's very, um, well, suitable for radio. Well, I think he'll be, he'll be very uh, flattered to hear you say that. I think he he works for a cable company right now, but I I do think he has some experience in, in uh, video and audio production. He definitely has natural charm, and you definitely ha- um, the kind of voice that you just you just want to listen to him. He's interesting. He's got the right amount of inflection in his voice, and he sells what um, he's talking about. You know, you want to listen. So I thought he was really good. Yeah, fantastic episode. And when he does submit his own show, we should bump it up. But, I mean, this here is a difficult one in general for queuing, and, and Epicanus has just, he's working on a submission page, which we'll, we'll talk about later on. But it will, it would, it's always difficult because if uh, there are multiple shows, show hosts in a round table, what I will do is I'll, I'll look in and see, is one of those show hosts already on the system? And if they are, well, you know, they're the one who gets the main credit for it, and the rest, you know, are added in as bylines. And in the um, in the upcoming system, we will have the ability within um, uh, within the um, atom feed to have person who kind of was responsible for posting the show, and then the contributors underneath that. So uh, I'm not really sure what the best way to approach that because they, in a in a show like Dev Random. If they bring on a new host every time, that will mean that that new host is a new contributor to HBR, so they get dumped to the top of the queue, even though it's submitted by the same person the whole time. So, anyway, it's one to think about and discuss later on. Let's move on with uh, 1095, which was Talk Geek to Me News. And the following Monday, we had Frank Bell with uh, KeyPass X, and this is a, uh, quite a quite a cool application I didn't know that much about, other than it's a... Um, there was an episode of HPR way before, and I know that because it's the one that all the spammers uh, like to use. So um, that was that was kind of uh, cool. Then the following day, we had a Cyber Union podcast, which is a surprise. Probably no one was submitted by uh, Deep Geek, and uh, it was uh, interesting interesting to hear about that uh, that uh, other podcast. And then uh, we had a strange lady submitted a My Journey to Geekdom, which is in the long tradition of how I got into Linux, uh, how I got into podcasting, how I became a geek. 
and uh, it was Becky well done it was a fantastic show and I uh, I must say I really did did enjoy that I enjoyed the whole we were taping top of the pops thing that really uh, uh, that really was uh, quite funny thank you you know she did that in one take as well I was well impressed a born natural uh, we expect more shows from her in the uh, future definitely yeah, it's one of the few episodes I got to hear this month, and it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Thank you very much. I, did, I must admit, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. I think I was stressing too much about what to talk about. Yeah, the, the how I got into Linux thing, how I became a geek, how I got to podcasting is always a great introduction. One And people people genuinely like to hear everybody's uh, particular story and now, the next one was um, Compilers Part 2, and um, where we all... I, I, this is an excellent series. Um, I really hope that um, Dave was making show notes for these, because uh, he, um, he does listen to these, and I find it very interesting, but find myself struggling to follow along with a lot of the terminology. I don't know, uh, maybe... Uh, any of you guys are familiar with compilers and their ins and outs? If you are, this is a definite listen. Again, she's very knowledgeable, isn't she? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm assuming it's a she. Yes, yes. yes yeah, uh, no, she, again, lots of details, but she keeps these really short as well, which is nice. It's bite-sized chunks. Yeah, I don't think, he, I don't think my brain will be capable of handling um, that uh, in a, like an hour-long episode. I, I listen you know, really intently for a short period of time and then the show's over and Okay, I think I may have got something out of that, like that if I was in a cocktail party where pilot, not that I ever go to cocktail parties or anything, but where compilers were being discussed, you know, I'd be able to hold my own for a moment or two while I quickly... I think think the only thing I would comment, though, is I think, doesn't she do them over some background music? And I sometimes find the background music a little bit distracting. Yeah, yeah, that's been mentioned in the show notes, but she has had... um, the three of them submitted before the feedback has come into her, so uh, we'll see if, if um, she does that. And then we had episode uh, 100. Oh, and I need to add to my apologies um, for the feed. There was a feed mix-up there with, um, I think it was 5150's uh, show. Somehow got truncated by our um, script. What actually happened was the Outro, for some reason, um, was not in line with the... It was encoded differently or somehow, and then when I passed it through Socks, Socks just said no thanks very much, and then just produced a show where everything was truncated. So um, a little bit of work needs to be done on our side with the encoding and stuff, but we will also be discussing that later on. Uh, and anyway, Mr. Gadget's episode was... Uh, I titled it Why Android Tablets Suck, and unfortunately... Show notes are not as detailed as I would like for that, but I will be updating them as well. Then uh, 5150, yes, recovery of an encrypted drive and an Ubuntu system. This I will be bookmarking. I made a mental note to myself that to know exactly which, uh, which at least podcast I heard this on because I know this will happen to me at some stage. Well, I, since since this happened to me, and I, I actually recorded it several months after I took the notes, uh, when, when I sat down to do some new podcasts, but uh, 
Yeah, I was thinking of you when this happened because you've, uh, Ken, you've always been a big advocate of using the built-in encryption, uh, and uh, this this isn't the first time I've se- I've seen it go uh, belly up on a system. At least at, at least this time it was recoverable. Where if you did a whole drive encryption, I'm not sure if there's any way to get it back, but. Uh, it, once once I learned how to do it, it was relatively trivial, just time consuming. But yeah, I want. I, I said. I said, man, I'm I'm going to bring that up to Ken when when uh when we get to it. Um. Yeah, I'm very glad you did. I do use uh, whole drive encryption for the most part. I've started using encrypted file um, based systems now for um for. Or syncing my stuff to the cloud, so I mount my drive to cloud, and then I use a further encrypted drive on top of that, so that every file you can see a directory structure and a file structure. But the directory structure and the file structure themselves are both uh, encrypted. So I was thinking, yes, that's a that's a nice one to have. I might do an episode on that too sometime. Um, the following day we had, oh yes, door to door geek uh, with speech impediments, and you know that. You know the part in all the feel-good movies where um, uh, all the students stand up and start applauding? I really was doing that at the end of this episode. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a very brave episode. This is probably one I need to listen to. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he basically just, it was a heart-to-heart about, uh, you know, living with speech impediments. And basically, I agree with him. Anybody who uh, slags somebody off for having a speech impediment is a dick. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I must admit, I did think initially we were going to get a full-on rant about it. And you know, like you're sort of sat there listening, almost cringing for him. But I think, yeah, the way he held it together and how he's taken the different steps to actually improve his speech impediment, you know, with his podcasting five times now a week, you know, and just constantly, you know, looking at ways of improving it. I think he's succeeding, uh, too, because he he sounds uh, better than a lot of people that uh, don't have a speech impediment. Yeah, that's right. There was like no ums, there was no ahs, there was hardly any ticking over any of the words. I mean, I I think I would have struggled to actually have known that he had a speech impediment. The only... Right, I mean, I, I've i been looking forward to listening to this one. I, I'm sorry to say I haven't got to it yet, but, well, I I think especially in, in uh, talking about tech topics and not having per- perhaps completely detailed notes in front of us I, I i've had that experience that you 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 get to the technical term and you know what it is and it escapes you right at that moment and it's you you wind up saying and uh yeah uh the thing that does the thing and and you know so imagine imagine that being everything and, and, or well i don't know if it's everything but i mean you know you yeah. well i've been on uh, cast with door and and uh and watched him struggle with that and uh yeah, I, I agree he's been very brave to talk about it and uh yeah he uh, he uh yeah it's it's just amazing it's, it's it's fantastic that he is so knowledgeable and is such a force for you know good within the the podcasting community and here he is fighting this not you know not accepting it yeah inspiration it's I love these shows, these these inspirational shows, and uh, are, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, enough said. Moving on. Um, thoughtfulness in defense of media-free retardation. Wow, what an episode this was! I actually had to re-listen to this 
because um, it was uh, <laughs> divided up into very, very nice different chunks, and uh, it was almost uh, was reminding me quite a lot of um, Lost in Bronx. It was more a theatre production than uh, an episode. Very, very well done. Congratulations, Epicanus, on, on this episode. Yeah, that guy just didn't know when to shut up, though. Just on and on and on. Yeah, fine. HPR, we've we have had three and a half hour shows, no big deal. We've had eleven hour shows, no big deal. Did you have another one this year? Yeah, twenty four hour one on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people are still up for that. We'll have to see. I've taken the day off work. Fantastic! Right. Well, it's you and me then. That'll be grand. <laughs> no eggnog for you. No. Um, but there you go. Back to this episode. Fantastic, brilliant, uh, thought provoking right off the bat. And also, you uh, you really did put me in the place. I've always had the attitude. Well, here in Europe, we don't have to worry about the MP3 thing. And then uh, a big slap in the face for that. And uh, yes, there is patents or at least requirements for for them here in Europe as well. So, with that in mind, I would like to highlight the fact that we have. Um, Mo, we have highlighted the fact that we support Og Speaks and MP3. There are now Og Speaks and MP3 links in every episode. And in addition to that, on our syndication page, which is uh, our RSS page, we have links promoting the Og and Speaks feed as our favorite formats. And then we have, under the MP3 feed, we have a link to the patent encumbered um, rundown there at uh, Wikipedia. And uh, I also um, got email during the month from uh, Mordancy Mordancy, about the fact that we don't have, uh, we didn't have a full um, MP3, uh, sorry, Speaks and Og feed, the full uh, massive gigabyte one. Well, I was working on them and then I decided to stop working on it. And then um, the reason for that was I wanted to switch to Og feeds, or sorry, um, Atom feeds. Wasn't Which, there also discussion about FLAC as well this month? Yeah, that's well, that, that's a different thing. We won't ever be providing a FLAC feed. Um, that was <laughs> just for, for the up to, for the input. We need to talk about that as well, actually, in the show. Um, and so, of course, eventually an Opus. Yes, yes, I want to talk to you about that as well. And discussions, the technical discussions about these audio formats, as, as Boba Bex pointed out, um, should really go to um, the dev, you know, the dev mailing list, which we will discuss there. Um, probably just to touch on it now, they, they um, upload rather than having people having to encode the MP3, the AUG and the Opus or the Speaks feed or whatever, we are suggesting that you upload one file with the media and then we will transcode it from that file. If you have access to a good quality version of that file, and then please send it to us in, in FLAC ideally Coded with dash dash best, or a WAV file if you can't, or you know one of the highly encoded AUG or MP3 or MP3. Basically, send us the best file you have, and if you have a choice, send us the uh, a FLAC file encoded with dash dash best. That's that's what we're saying with the upload. Yeah, it might. Uh, what comes appropriate? Uh, I think it'd be a good idea if we gave, gave some examples on the website, or maybe if you recorded a uh, podcast, Ken, that this is where to find uh, 
those encoding settings in, say, Audacity, because I'm going to imagine that most people who record their podcast in front of the computer, that's probably the biggest common denominator of what folks use, maybe maybe for some of the uh, uh, other popular recording and editing programs. Uh, they also put examples in there for that because I know how to do flack but I'd, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to go look for the settings for the dash best yeah I'll definitely do that if uh, if we decide that that's the way we want to go um, I intend to put that into the how-to at least for audacity and ideally what I'd like is um, have uh, you know something like a video on the website welcome to HPR here's how you can record a show you pick up the phone and you do the phone thing got one of these you know, Sansa clips, you can do it this way, or if you've got a phone, you can do it this way. Um, but that's definitely something that we should we should do. Let's uh, let's move on with the um, with the shows, and come back to this during the course of the discussion of the on the mailing list. Is that okay? Sounds good. Okay. Um, then syndicated Thursday, we had Tux Jam episode fifteen, and that is a that is a um, so that's done with Kevy. Yep, that's Kevy, who is, you might know from other podcasts such as Gribbins. Wanted to give him some love this month. Then we had uh, Talk Geek to Me News, Deep Geek. And then on another 5150 episode, this is the one that got truncated for some strange reason um, Farmer by Adele, <laughs> which was a classic episode, actually. You just described my living room table. I'm glad you enjoyed that one, Ken. And I do want to apologize for that one and the the previous one, because uh, when the uh, recovery one came out, Pokey was on Oddcast Plant the next day saying, well, what did you do to it? And what had had happened when I was recording, uh, I was trying to get as small as I could, and it it seemed to me that the remove silences settings and audacity were not aggressive as I would have liked, and I went I went uh, way too far. And probably when I was doing my um hunts, when you're when you're uh, when you're when you're zoomed in really really close on the wave file. Uh, those gaps between words look a lot bigger than they actually are. So on on the the two that I submitted this month, that uh, that's why they sound a little strange. That I was far too aggressive uh, removing the silences uh, between words. And when I that's that's really my first step in my editing process. And uh, when I was in Audacity and playing just short clips back to myself, I swear it it sounded fine in there, but I didn't pick it up until the next day that I that I've I'd uh, done the remove silences, done the comp- done the leveling, done the compression, had it all done, and and uh, listening to it on my uh, Sansa clip, and then then it really showed up, perhaps because it was a uh, lesser quality. Uh, reproduction method, but uh, by that time I was just I, I, I was up against it on time and and went ahead and threw them up there as they were. So if it's if it's a little hard to listen to for anybody, uh, I apologize. No, it was fine. I didn't notice anything wrong with the uh, with the audio at all. The most memorable bit of this um, episode for me was the uh, squeeze block in- intro. Yeah, did you do that yourself? Fifty one fifty. 
No, no, no. That was, that was uh, Mr. X. Uh, he submitted it that way. Well, he, he submitted it. It was part of his submission for uh, episode 1000. And I thought, you know, I knew he was Scottish. Uh, uh, I didn't pull out there. I thought it was a uh, bagpipe uh, when he was talking over it. He said, no, that that's, uh, that's an accordion. I asked him for... A uh, set, uh, that just the music separately, and he and he obliged, and I also uploaded that to the FTP, so you could you should have it, Ken, uh, if you ever wanted to post it on the site as yeah, an, it's, as it's an under, alternate. Sorry, it's under media. If you do Hacker Public Radio forward slash media, you'll get it. It was definitely unexpected when I heard it. It's been used. So, it's been used a few times actually. So, uh, 5150, I'll take it you've never been subjected to actual bagpipes. <laughs> well, my ancestors were. <laughs> they, uh, if anybody, by the way, wants to submit um, uh, versions of the uh, intro or outro, please feel free to do that. Then, uh, moving on, the following day was Compilers Part 3 from Sigflop and... Uh, then we had Mike Hingley with his second episode, I think, What's in My Bag. This is another one that uh, Dave Yates started, actually, was a rundown of his tech stuff. And uh, oh, a, lot of, a lot of kit, actually. <laughs> I felt like, hmm, I think I want to go mug this guy. <laughs> Don't mug him for the broken iPod that he got from his wife. Uh, oh, that's true. And then the next day was a um, Astrocon 2012 Virtues of the Open Source uh, Telephony Platform. And this one was another one where um, it was uh, Sons of Man 1, who was a host already. Um, although I didn't catch that because I did a straight grep, uh, including the one, and his uh, handle is um, without the one. And uh, it was a it was a sort of roundtable report specific for recorded for Hacker Public Radio, but he had posted it on his website, and the current rules say that if it's posted on your website, or whatever. But anyway, it came out um, on the syndicated Thursday day. So this is one of the weird ones that um, provides interesting edge case when when trying to decide how to schedule it. Um, and we'll be talking more about sh- the whole scheduling thing. But it was a it was a very good episode. They had Alison, the the voice of Asterix, actually on the show, and uh, you know, it was a good history of of you know what you can do and and things. And I actually heard Door to Door Geek on another podcast talking about getting Asterix running on a uh, Raspberry Pi. Actually, so pretty cool there. And the following day, probably people haven't heard it yet because it was just released yesterday, was uh, uh, Akon DK, who we all have to congratulate. He has just become a father of a little baby girl. Um, So big congratulations to him. Um, Then on the Doctor Who restoration team, absolutely, absolutely fascinating what they're doing and uh, the whole episode. I, I always download the shows twice. Once uh, speeded up doubly, and just once as a regular show, so I can com- the regular one is just so I can confirm the MP3 works, and the OG feed I speed up twice, and this one I actually listen to to both, just so I could get everything. This just fascinating. 
I listened to this today while I was making the Christmas cake in the kitchen, and whilst I do consider myself a Doctor Who fan, I wasn't aware actually of some of the detail that they'd gone into the fans to actually recreate some of the lost episodes, you know, taking photographs of screen captures. Yeah, it's, uh, apparently that guy was taking those photographs and they had the original audio, but they didn't have the the, the, the film. But because they had a photograph of the episode, they were able to draw cartoon, you know, make a, an animation of what the episode was about and recreate the whole lot. Absolutely uh, fascinating, the level of commitment to something like that. Yeah, and again, where they've also used CGI to replace, um, you know, well, to make some of the episodes better, you know, where you wouldn't have had that originally. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating whether that's a good thing or not, because you lose a lot of the original charm of it if you go back and, you know, put 3D uh, CGI in. Well, it was never good when Star Wars did it, did it, was it? Yeah, but uh, that was part of the charm of the whole the whole thing was that it was you know, pretty clunky. Yeah, I don't know, maybe... Anyway, that's a rundown of the episode, folks. Thank you very much. Nothing else happened on the mailing list at all. It was very quiet. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> oh my god. You can go months and months and months. Nothing's on the fracking mailing list. And then all of a sudden we've had Bobex come on with a uh, her first... Uh, this seems very quiet. Is the mailing list dead? And then it started. But no, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. It obviously was not. Uh, it was obviously not your fault, uh, or, uh, and indeed it was nobody's fault. Um, for people who have managed to make it this far into the show, what uh, what essentially has happened, um, and you'll realise it um, when you're listening to to some of the episodes that Fifty One Fifty contributed. He contributed um, quite a lot of episodes in one go, or you know, in a short space of time, and they got added to the queue, and the queue has been processed according to the rules. Um, except for the Bayer Brown, but, I mean, sometimes you have edge cases, so that could have happened anyway. Um, and um, so what you had this month was a lot of shows that have been a long time in the queue, and they were referring to events that had happened in the past, not just a little bit in the past, quite a lot in the past. So the question uh, 5150 um, prompted, you know, I don't know, 50, if you want to... Um, you want to say you know, what happened? Basically, there's yeah. more shows than you. Well, essentially, Ken put on the mailing list. Uh, you know, hey, we 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 need to get some more shows produced. Uh, that the that the queue is running towards the end. There were a couple things. One thing I didn't realize that uh, sort of sort of the stopper been pulled out of the tub as as far as the queue because yeah we it, it's starting to get closer to critical right now getting down with the uh uh original content well i shouldn't say original content shows uh ones who don't fall into a specific category syndicated or shows, uh you shows know particularly could, rep- shows produced exclusively for hpr Right, and there and there's some some of the stuff that that's not to say it's syndicated aren't, and, and uh, some of the other a uh, lot of the other series ones are are produced for uh, for HPR, but uh, I kind of I get I guess what I'm saying I responded on the mailing list, Ken. You know, I have had three shows plus two that I was that I participated in as syndicated or or. Uh, well, the Buyer Brown, you know, under trying to get on Buyer Brown's name, 
and, and one syndicated one I participated in, I, I said, I gave you five shows four months ago, and they've been sitting there at the bottom of the queue ever since, and I meant it to be a little more lighthearted than I came off, and, and Roy, I, I, I want to apologize once again, I was kind of specific in my response uh, as to which ones I thought that uh, had had been on and were were uh, at least part part of them uh, were available on other sites about the same time, and I think there was some other ones I was confused about what, that they were exclusive content uh, for for HPR that wasn't available other places. And I, I the well the the full circle stuff, I thought it was just re-edited for HP, HPR, and I I guess my understanding now is that 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 material is is exclusive to HPR. But uh, I was I was kind of a little point uh, a little pointed on what I thought that hey we've been running these other things and it's created a bottleneck that uh, the regular shows can't get through and now we're at the point where you know, this this I've contributed stuff and it's been there for months and that, and now Ken wants more which is you know I know was not specifically directed at me to guess fifty one fifty we need you to make more shows. Uh, so, like I said, I, 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 I was more, uh, abrupt or, or not as tactful in my response as I would have liked to no, have no, been, no, no, but no, I, no, that, I still, I still meant it to be lighthearted as a joke, you know, hey, you know, I gave you, you know, there's, there's still, still my stuff sitting there, so that, that's, and it kind of, like I said, it kind of blew up from there. Yeah, no, but what you did highlight is, first of all, there's no absolutely no need to apologize for um, making comments at all about that, especially the the Bayer Brown one being stuck in the queue, if there was any doubt about the, the scheduling rules not being followed. But to give some pe- people some background about what's actually going on, when you submit a show to Hacker Public Radio, if you go to hackerpublicradio.org forward slash calendar.php, you'll see a web page on there, and you have um, a list of the upcoming shows, followed by that you have the scheduled slots that are reserved and then you have the scheduling rules now at the moment we follow the scheduling rules as described there which means that regardless of whether it's me or pokey or uh, tlatu or anybody else who posts the show the shows will come out in the same order so um admittedly everybody can make mistakes about you know is this round table you know a show a new show or is it whatever but we can discuss that um, apart from that, but for by and large, 99.9% of the shows should follow the rules. And those are, at the moment, time-critical shows, which are um, a host has requested a particular slot um, or it contains uh, newsworthy information. So things like that where we have used it in the past has been uh, for the Yuri Gagarin 50, 50th episode or episode 1000. Uh, we wanted to reserve a particular day. Um, and you know, April our April Fool stuff traditionally goes out on a particular day. So that's that's that one. Then we have schedule slots, and I want to come back to that in a minute. Then we have the new hosts who get bumped to the top of the queue if they're new. Bit of bad and boom. I uh, posted a show and it comes out shortly, and it encourages people to come in. And then it's HPR content. So this is content produced for HPR that's not released anywhere, or if it is released anywhere, it's released after it's been uploaded to our our FTP server, and that's done on a first-come, first-served basis. Now, the whole point of uh, the scheduled slots, let's uh, let's have a look through those. 
we have um, the first Monday of the month is this show, which is HPR Community News. It is, again, HPR-only content. It's not released anywhere else. It is for HPR only. Um, so therefore, you know, that that's it's just a day where we, you know, where people who mightn't be accessing the website, we get to talk about what's going on on the HPR community, bring you that information. So I think that's valid. The, we have on the webpage uh, the first Thursday of every month is Sunday Morning List Review, which is not correct. We've already um, informed them that we will, no, we will no longer be syndicating their show, nothing, nothing personal. It's just that we had a lot of requests from other podcasts to get on and it wasn't fair on them they know to them when sunday morning Clinics review had their own slot but you know absolutely we promoted them for a while and then now they're their own uh, their their own show with a fantastic fan base so we have every thursday we have syndicated thursday which is talks and other works of note and this uh, was put in specifically because we don't get enough shows ourselves we do not have enough shows contribute to Tacker Public Radio to be able to feed five shows a week. And essentially the big discussion that went on was um, was surrounding this um, in that in order to limit the number of uh, in order to still produce five shows a day um, what we... A week. Sorry, five shows. Thank you, Bobo Bix. In order to produce five shows a week what we have done is essentially restricted the output so that it's three shows a week in actual fact that we uh, produce because one of them is syndicated Thursday and the other one is um, Talk Geek to Me News. Now Talk Geek to Me News is uh, a show that is syndicated um, and it actually falls outside kind of the um, the regular the rules actually a little bit in that it, it, when it started off um, Deep Geek was and still is a regular contributor to Hacker Public Radio as a host and he produces a tech only um, version of his show for Hacker Public Radio which is uh, basically just edits out the other parts and puts it in and that has been vital for us in keeping the flow of shows going so that we would be able to produce the amount of shows that we needed especially in uh, the ramp up from last year in 2011 we had quite a lot of difficulty in getting shows onto the network and by quite a lot of difficulty what i mean is i would go on and email Klatu and say Klatu, i need shows and Klatu would uh, would supply a show or in the morning there would be one show left and i would record two shows that day um for release and then beg people to send in shows and we were constantly wasting resources on hacker public radio for just getting shows nothing else just just feeding the shows in as a stopgap measure syndicated thursday took off the pressure a bit and and talk geek to me news also took the pressure off because now we're releasing three shows a week instead of five well i guess again for the record ken i was never questioning uh the syndicated thursday or or uh talk geek to me uh but there was a well, unfortunately, I I think it that uh, there were there were a lot of fest related shows, or not not unfortunately, but uh, especially especially in the Northeast. And I don't I don't want to uh, I try not to offend Jonathan Nadeau on this, but I'm just, uh, but it, you know Pokey was there, and he kind of brought the brought the uh, those uh, talks to us. 
uh, recordings of the talks from the fest, but it's my my understanding that they were also, well, I know they were published about the same time uh, over on uh, Frost Media, and I think the idea was that they over here on HPR they would get a a uh, a wider uh, audience, and but it it did create like a a, a two week bottleneck in in holding back other shows, and I was you know, I was sort of questioning, uh, I you know I I loved hearing all those, but I'd already downloaded them off off of uh, Frostcast. So that maybe yeah, we my my thought of doing one or two of those and then saying if you like this content, you know this this is over this is over there on Frostcast, and my you know actually driven some uh, some people o- o- over to Jonathan's site. Uh, but like I said, that that you know it's kind of a narrow thing. But there were there were a few, th- and I'm not questioning any of your stuff, Ken, that you that you did from uh, from. Um, Og camp. Uh, camp, yeah, that that was great, and like you said, it was like you said, it was timely, and that you know that w- it was all new content. I'm not questioning that, and the only other thing I w- was really questioning was uh, w- was finishing up last year's Og Camp stuff from uh, from uh, see here I am. This is one of these times I can't. I can't think of the word, but I, I I thought that stuff they were already brought had already been broadcast on on that other network. And uh, it, it, am I right in saying that they they do their own shows and then the stuff that they do for us is completely different? No, no. Um, actually, there's a few things there that were not exactly correct. The talks for the um, for the fests uh, and all the talks, also the odd campons, they went out on the syndicated Thursday days. So there were there were there were interv- there were recordings from um, Ogcamp which were recorded only for HPR by myself, and they hadn't gone out. And there's still some more of them um, to go out, but they will go out on regular days because they were regular uh, shows recorded by a regular host. They were in the queue, and they're following the rules of the queue. Everything that has happened has been following the rules of the queue. The shows from um, Jonathan Nadeau's fest uh, have been going out on the syndicated Thursday day. So. If you follow the the rules, whether they were there or not, wouldn't have affected whether uh, your shows or anybody else's shows were, were faster or not. S- once we have the concept of having a syndicated Thursday, is that clear? Okay, well, okay, I see. I see that now. Then I was I was thinking those seemed like they all came out together, but uh, yeah, I, I I can see that then. Just it just seemed like for quite a while, and I, and I'm not sure if it, if if it uh, if we could. If we could go back to the calendar showing everything, because it just, like I said, it seemed to me like those that the calendar did not move for a month of time. Yeah, the calendar. Uh, so uh, another thing that uh, I changed during the during this month was if you go to calendar.txt, actually, if you instead of calendar.php, type calendar.txt. What I had was a calendar that I used um, for the scheduling, and everything that's in there is based on the order which it was received not the order which it was going to be sent out. And the reason for that is so that I know um, there are other rules as well under the under the scheduling rules, which is, uh, I'll just read it out here, uh, syndicated shows are released on their own schedule and follow slot. Okay, HBR um, shows are released based on the following rules given the produced in the HBR priority while avoiding having any one host or series repeated in the one week. So that's why 
say, for example, you upload five shows and there's only there's nothing in the queue, then or if there's five shows, you will get a show one slot each week. That's why your shows, even though they were uploaded in one bunch, are being released on the Monday and then the next Monday and then the next Monday and then the next Monday. It's because, you know, we spread out a host over the particular weeks. These are the rules as they are now. And then the whole discussion, which I'm very glad you brought up, actually, because it did highlight something that was beginning to annoy me, was um, people were saying, well, I'm not going to contribute a show because uh, it'll be three months before the show comes out. And, you know, that's a valid point. There's a reasonable expectation of, you know, if I upload a show, it's going to come out in a month or two, you know, or it's going to come out fairly fast. So um, I'm very, very glad you brought up the point. And what you highlighted in the system is that the rules, that the scheduling rules need to be modified. And that's what the whole discussion is about. Isn't there also, Ken, a danger where um, sort of fests and bar camps all tend to happen around the same time of year, you know, around, around the world, that there will be certain months where you will get a flood of sort of like fest-type um, talks submitted, but then you could go months with not having any? Yeah, it's, it's fairly... Um, well, if we, if we deal about the fests in two different ways, if we say that... Um, and 5150 did bring up an excellent point, actually. There said they, they, if we were doing, you know, Fest XYZ, the knitting fest comes up and somebody is there and finds all the talks very interesting. Well, what we should do and what we should continue to allow to do is somebody to submit one of those, a representative example. And, you know, ideally, if with a voiceover at the front, this is a fest that I went to. It was very interesting. The talks are brilliant. Um, and you can get them here. Here's an example of one that I really enjoyed. Here you go, listen to that, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, yeah, you can get them over here and all the rest of that stuff. No reason why we couldn't have that. Now, to talk about the other type of fests, um, are the fests where HBR goes and uh, somebody gets on their bus, drives or takes a plane and actually attends the fest and was walking around with an interview. Um, now, what we had last year was, at Og Camp, was those shows got released in the regular schedule. And then we had the complaints from people, well, you know, it's just taken ages for them to come out. It actually took longer than a year and they're still not out uh, for all those shows to go through the queue. So this year we said, well, we're going to reserve maximum of five slots within two weeks of a fest. So you go, you have then maximum two weeks in order to get everything edited, everything on. And if you don't make it after that, well, you know, tough. They just go into the regular queue. So at Odd Camp, you're going to get a, a bit. And then, say, one that we tend to go to is Northeast Lennox Fest or the Southeast Lennox Fest. But the, those ones tend to be a month or two apart. So I don't, I don't know if there's going to be actually that many of them. Can I, can I just jump in? Yes, of um, course. Because obviously I was at Odd Camp last year and Odd Camp this year. Um, and the way you recorded your interviews last year was completely different than how you did it this year. I think this year you were a lot cuter about it. They were definitely more sort of soundbite-ish, a lot shorter. And I actually probably feel that you were able to capture more of the feel of Og Camp in those shorter soundbite-type um, interviews. Absolutely. You live and learn. You live and learn. And, um, I mean... Um Took a book out. Do that. You know, if you go to a higher Linux fest, could the people that jump on the plane and take their interviewing equipment, could they not sort of learn from that and maybe just do sound bites from there? Absolutely. That's what, uh, and that's what Clatu does actually. He will do four or five shows together, and you know, submit them. And I, I think that's what we need to say to people if they are going to these fests. You've got the five days. You know, whether you use all five days, if you only have five interviews, 
maybe two days is enough. But at least we've given the option of somebody who's paid money, their own hard money, and you know, not gone to any of the things in the fest, not enjoy, well, you know, not participated in the in the normal way. They've taken their time out and they've given their time up for HBR. Well, then there's a reserve of shows. And it's not just from the interviewer's point of view. It's it's from the person who's been interviewed as well, because quite often those, you know, you go here, uh, talk to me about your project. You know, we'll pimp it here in Hacker Public Radio. When's it going to be out? Well, you know, it could be out in four months. So at least with that block reserved, you go, it'll be out next week. And then, um, then you're done. Then, you, you know, there's a certain feedback, at least. For interviews, I would like to um, to modify the queuing system, and uh, so that interviews would be put into a higher priority queue, so that if people do want to interview somebody of note in the community, that they would get the option of having that released sooner than a regular show. And that was one of the topics that was on in the discussion for the mailing list. And I'm trying desperately to produce a uh, text file synopsis of what was discussed on the mailing list just for the for the listeners. But um, we're struggling with the cPanel install. The archiving isn't working. So I'm now, at, at least I've got a text file with the email messages in it. And hopefully we'll be able to produce uh, a file that we can include in this. And at uh, somewhere in there, at the risk of sounding completely contradictory with with uh, my uh, rant that started all of this, that uh, if it gets to the point where we're out of shows or getting, it looks like there's we're less than a week's left or something like that, I have no objection uh, if you can grab, say, talks from uh, this year's self or this, this year's OLF. Uh, off of archive.org if they've even been posted yet or wherever they go and and uh, slap those in, into into the feed if it looks like everything's going to drain out <laughs> well actually, excuse me in the set the same the set i'm sorry i i didn't want you to i uh mute myself because i coughed that also and i made a suggestion on the mailing list i think we had a lot of fun i certainly did listening to the like the old bin revs and everything in preparation for the 10 in the 1024 and i think it would be appropriate maybe once a month or once every two months to to grab one of those old classic shows that uh, the newer the the newer folks weren't weren't exposed to originally and throw one of those into the feed as well okay just to clarify what i'm suggesting doing now is dropping the, uh, dropping the artificial limitations on Hacker Public Radio, which means dropping Syndicated Thursday and dropping uh, Talk Geek to Me News. That would mean we would be releasing five shows a week. Now, none of these changes, by the way, are going to occur until at least the 1st of January, at least the 1st of January. And the reason for that is we need time for people who don't follow the mailing list, which you should join, Hacker Public Radio. Go to the main page. There's a link there for mail lists. Unfortunately, the slash mail list doesn't work because of our cPanel issues. Um, and join the mailing list and follow this discussion and make your voice heard because it's the mailing list that decides this, not not us. Now, I will advise, as somebody who is following the queue, I will say, well, we've had difficulty in the past with this, so how would you deal with that situation? So it's, when I'm saying stuff on the queue, it is proposals. Feel free to knock it down. But generally, the gist of it is that I would like um, to have reserved shows. 
I would like to have th- few different levels of shows available to me. Shows that um, that would come in a high priority queue, so you would still have people being able to reserve particular slots for special events, whether that's a date or uh, a you know you want to reserve uh, the New Year the New Year Eve you want to do a show on that or Valentine's Day I don't know that's fine. Um, you want to put something critical out that's also fine um, so long as you don't do it too often you know and that would be kind of up to getting a feel from the mailing list or you know if it's obvious something like uh, there's a vote going through and we need people to get active well then fair enough uh, that should happen there should still be the concept of scheduled slots um, we we spoke about uh, scheduled slots but we forgot to mention uh, Linux in the shell actually is every second Tuesday and Dan has taken a little bit of a sabbatical he's moving house and moving job I think um, he's moving house definitely so he's um, taken some time off from that but that that to me Linux in the shell is um, once every two weeks it's HPR content generated for HPR so um, even if you followed the rules and uh, just scheduled put it ahead of time it would still be it would still be fine according to the rules the only other thing that we're get, getting rid of would be syndicated Thursdays, which would mean that instead of that sort of show being on a regular day, it would need to be submitted by uh, hosts. Um, So instead of saying, Ken, I want this coming up on the syndicated Thursday queue, it would be you would need to submit it yourself and um, add it to the series um, syndicated Thursday or not syndicated Thursday, but other Creative Commons works or something. and then I would like reserve shows. These are shows that we can have in the pool, and I need about 20 of them. I have two at the minute, one by Tlatu, one by myself. Uh, I need 20 of these shows, which are shows that will not be aired unless the queue goes down. Then the regular shows, obviously, because we have five shows a week then. In this situation, we will have five shows a week. Currently, we have 10 shows in the, in the queue, so that would mean that in despite all the shows that people have sent in this month, and there's been quite a few, we only have ten two weeks shows. So if we are committed to removing the bottleneck that we have applied on the on the queue, so that we are releasing five shows a, a day, then we need to be able to fill that. Which means I need five shows. A, if five shows a week are going out, five shows a week need to be coming in. Okay, just be hundred percent clear there. Five shows a week go out. Five shows a week need to come in. And I'd like to have just for my own sanity here. Um, you know, think about it yourself. You've got a, you've got a completely for the last two years. You have not missed a day, and then suddenly there's no shows in the queue. You just think yourself the heartbreak that it is pulling in shows, begging people for shows. It's really annoying, really frustrating, and a real waste of time. So, if we're committed to um, having things come come in and go out faster, then we need five shows a day going out, five shows uh, a week coming in. Yeah. Now sometimes. After the New Year's show, we got a lot of people uh, submitting shows at one big burst. So then there's a, a backlog of two months. So that needs to be cleared out. So what happens is the sh- the queue is 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 it's feast and famine, feast and famine. During the summer, there's nothing happening. There's no shows coming in at all. Um, and then after the after the summer holidays are over, lots of shows start coming in again, which is great. So we, we need to keep that keep that up and 5150 just last comment and i'll stop talking honestly is um that i don't think it's fair on other uh shows to go well if we start running out of shows we're not going to play your shows 
But if we if we don't have shows to fill slots on our network, what we'll do is we'll take your shows and we'll play them. And I don't think that's fair. I think we either uh, we will promote other shows by adding them to the queue. If a new podcast comes up, I don't have any problem, you know, playing one or two sh- two of their shows. You know, if somebody submits the show twice, fine, or you know, even once or whatever, so that people get exposure to it. But it's not fair just because I run out of shows in the middle of the summer, then I start playing shows from other networks or, or from other podcasts that I wouldn't have played, you know, two months earlier because we were busy and we didn't need them. And I'll stop talking. <laughs> No, I, I can certainly see you there, and I I, uh, I guess I didn't realize things I complained about were always on syndicated Thursday. It just, I, I probably, before I submitted that, I should have scrolled back through the shows and looked. I, It just didn't seem to me like for a while we were producing three, quote, regular shows a week. It, it seemed like they were, you know, four special shows a week and maybe one regular show. Can, I can completely understand where you got that because there was there would have been an odd camp one, which was one from a show two year two a year ago, and that was one that was produced by HBR host myself. So therefore, it was in the regular queue, and I put five of them in. And because of my show, because of the rule um, avoiding one host or series repeated every week, that will come out on a, say like on a Tuesday, and then it will be on the next Tuesday, on the next Tuesday, on the next Tuesday, on the next Tuesday. So you would then have. Maybe uh, HBR Community News followed by a show of mine that was from Mugcamp, followed by um, sorry, followed by um, Dan perhaps with Linux in the shell, followed by a show of mine from Mugcamp, followed by Syndicated Thursday, which was Northeast Linux Fest or something, followed by Talk Geek to Me News. So you would, in that whole week there would be no show, an ordinary show released, a HBR produced show. But don't feel bad about this. You've highlighted something that's been bugging me because it is annoying. You just listen to what happened last month. All these people who had contributed shows and were talking about uh, festivals, submitting papers for festivals that had already been and gone. Um, you know, we we do need to speed up the 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 the, the flow of, of shows going through. So that begs the question, right? We have we have shows and we agreed to five shows, but at at a certain point, uh, this was the we run out of reserve shows. Then what do we do? Now, fifty one fifty there said we should. Um, we should, uh, you know, play syndicated stuff. But how long do we continue doing that? At what point do we say it's over? HBR, it was great. We had, I don't know, 27 long years of success. And then suddenly we cannot keep up with the five shows a week. And my proposal for that was we would have one final show in the queue, which would be the uh, goodbye, thank you for the fish episode. The doomsday episode. Exactly. And my proposal was that we would record that on um, the New Year's, during the New Year's Eve's 24-hour extravaganza. We would say, you know, this is the final show. Thank you very much for listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is the final show. Um, And if this show is ever played, we haven't had enough contributions from people. And the whole series is over. Uh, Thank you very much. And then the end, once that show's posted, it would RM, it would replace the main webpage with a HPR is shut down, thank you very much, and that will be the end of HPR as a project. Do you ever see uh, foresee that happening, Ken? Do, yes, I do. I do. I mean, five shows a week is uh, 260 shows. Um, you, I sent it as an email attachment um, on the mailing list was a, just a graph of what happened in 20, uh, 2010. Um, and there wasn't enough shows, so what happened was 
there was syndicated content played. Uh, sorry, there wasn't. There was sh- one week there would be a show, the next week there would be two shows, the next week there'd be three shows or whatever. Uh, some people are happy with that, but I've had, I've always had the feeling that that to be a series of a podcast, you say I'm going to release my show every so often, and I want everybody, really want everybody to go back and listen to um, to a show by um, uh, by uh, Lost in Bronx. And it's entitled Old Soldiers. And it was released at a time um, when this was going on on Hacker Public Radio. This, uh, it really put the, it was released at 2010-0802. And it was about podcasting, pod fading, and ordinary voices saying extraordinary things. It, uh, it inspired me to join the mailing list and say, the original posting is actually archived on the on the mail archive. You can go back and read it and you say, right, my thought at that point was, is HPR dead? Yes or no? If it is, let's kill it. Let's put it to bed. Let's thank everybody for it and turn off the lights in a, in a well-ordered fashion. And believe it or not, it is going to happen sooner or later. I mean, if somebody takes over, if we get this whole thing automated, if people start contributing shows, it mightn't happen for a long time. But at a certain point, everything comes to an end. It happened with BinRev. It happened with Radio Freak America. It happened with Infonomicon. You know, life gets in the way. Um, I don't want it to happen, but as I said, if we have these uh, doomsday shows available, um, that each year we can record another doomsday show that we can add. Well, we survived another year. Sorry, I fooled you. And hopefully we'll have 20 of those so that at the end we would have like 20 shows would correspond to basically a month of shows. Uh, of saying goodbye to Hacker Public Radio down to the years. And I personally think that would be a great way to go. So the episode was HPR 560, and a link to that will be in the show notes. And uh, oh, just just looking at, at the calendar right now, and of course I said that, does, that doesn't include syndicated and sorted shows, uh, I, I'm thinking a year ago uh, we would have thought uh, ten, 10 shows in the queue would have been almost a comfortable uh, amount and but and like I said can't credit Pokey enough for coming up with the New Year's Eve episode and that just sudden, suddenly I remember last year after, in January first we had oh 15 shows well that's in, in the queue that's incredible and then 20 and then you know nearly 30 at a time and we just thought man that that's just outstanding and i i think we've been kind of uh we were kind of spoiled there for a few months and and i said uh and you gotta uh, credit ken for all the work and all the scrambling he he he's he does and has done in, in the uh background to keep this thing uh running for the rest of us are you not in danger though that your own rules are stifling you yes that's why i want to change them now but maybe it's a case of when you have a certain amount of episodes in a queue, there are no rules. It's purely on an upload basis. But when you get down to, say, just like the 10 shows or a certain amount of shows, that's when your rules apply for them bringing in syndicated shows. Yeah, but what's the purpose? Why, why would we do that? Why would Hacker Public Radio then become a syndicated... Sh- it would be a dead network surviving on like a zombie. If you want... To listen to syndicated shows, all you need to do is go to Hacker Media, uh, which is another binrev project which uh, syndicates other um, hacker shows, because then there would be no HPR content. But at the moment, like I say, please, you know, 
bear with me and don't don't shoot me down in flames. No, no, no. I don't. But, sorry, sorry <laughs> if I if I'm coming across. I'm just passionate about that. That's all. No, what I think a lot of this conversation has come about because you know your regular contributors, so your fifty one fifties, your pokies, your clartus, have gone ahead and recorded episodes that have then sat there for ages in a queue because of the rule situation. There's always a an episode above them that will take precedence. Yeah, and you don't want to piss off your regular presenters. No, no, that's that's absolutely true. But on the other hand, I don't want to piss off my regular presenters either by arbitrarily cherry picking a show and having it. Oh, Ken decides what goes on the network. Ken doesn't decide what goes on the network. We, as a community, have come up with a set of guidelines, rules about what should be scheduled. And regardless of whether it's me, fifty-one fifty, or you, that's scheduling the shows, they will come out in the same order. Now, if we're saying here as a community, which we are, that um, the queue, it's not working out properly, it can be honed, it's been going for two years, it's time to rejig it a little, well then, we should do that. But at the end of it, what I want to do is make a list of here are the queue, here are the rules for releasing shows. So much so that anybody, anybody at all is at home following along, looking at the queue when shows come in, they will be able to predict accurately what show is going to come out and when. Or at least not taking new shows into account or things that bump up. But with given the same inputs, you should get the same output. And it's very important that we do this, one, for two reasons, that we're fair and we're seen to be fair. But number two, we also want to schedule this thing. We want to script this thing. What's, um, what's pink and hard? Um, a pink yes. with a flick, a flick knife. <laughs> but um, Tish. So anyway, that's. I think we've we've gone on enough about the um, the uh, scheduling situation. The fact of the matter is, though, folks, that regardless of what queuing system we use, there are only ten shows in the queue right now. So I need people to sending uh, shows, and what I'll be asking people to do is um, tell me if it's a show that you want in a regular queue or if it's a backup show. And I really would love. Something like twenty backup show backup show ones that would be fantastic. And if we had enough people putting into a backup show, I have no problem saying, okay, on Friday we will release one from the backup show. So at least that's not getting completely stale. So we will find out what Pokey's best eggs in the world are. He's actually recorded that show. Yes, he has. Yeah, the best eggs in the world. And I've cool. recorded. Um, sorry, I haven't recorded a show. It's Tattoo who has uh, said we can put one of his shows uh, called Mud M U D. That's all I'm giving you. Into oh, they, the backup. See, queue. they sound like brilliant shows. Why? Why are they not in the queue? This is the point, Cornominal. It's it's feast <laughs> or famine. From my point of view, it's feast or famine, right? Just get them in the fucking queue. Yeah, but but then it'll, the queue will empty, and then HBR is over. Well, it, it, it takes because it takes about between me asking for a show and getting shows in, it takes about two weeks for that to happen. So I need to, at least two weeks of shows to fill that buffer, or then we go dead. And for anybody out there out there listening who is saying, oh, I'd like to hear those shows too, uh, the way around that is to become a contributor, then you'll have access to the FTP server, which works two ways. So if you, if you happen to see, when, when you're putting your show up, you see some, something on there, oh, I'd like to hear that, you can, you can, you can pull it down at the same time. So for, uh, for those of us that, would would uh, like to hear those special shows. Well, you just have to be contributing shows often enough that you're that you're on that FTP server and you see them as they're uploaded. Cool, eh? 
So it's almost like you have a, um, if you're a signed up member, you've got access to those shows, but if you're not, you can't. Not so much. You can also get to them via the web. If you go to the contribute page, you'll get all the information. Anybody who's who's tech savvy enough to be be on this network or be even listen to this uh, has enough technical savvy know how to get to those shows. So all those shows, yes, are available, absolutely. But and I, but do you do now? Cornominal, you brought up a good point. Am I? This is this thing. This whole thing is just affecting me because I'm the one having blood pressure when the, the queue disappears down to one, and then all of a sudden there's 15 shows again, and I'm okay for three weeks, and then I don't panic until three weeks time comes and the show has gone down. The queue has gone down to one. It's the the buffer. The backup shows are there, so I don't have heart attacks. Yeah, I, I understand why you, why you're doing it, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that you don't need them because, I mean, you've put them in place and, you know, so that's up to you. But from 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 where I'm sitting, it sounds like it's, it's a, like a self-imposed rule. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and it may be, even though you're thinking, okay, so it's going to stop my blood pressure going through the roof, you know, there might be people in the community that it's not fair on because tomorrow morning I might want my wife to cook me the best eggs in the world. But until I hear until I hear that episode, it's not going to happen, mate. Absolutely, her, her eggs are bloody awful. <laughs> I'm joking. She's going to hit me, and I'm moving out of range. But if we did, we could always say, yeah, the backup shows we will keep. Uh, we will keep. I don't know, twenty backup shows in the queue, and then when okay. the twenty-one, twenty-one come in, when the twenty-one comes in, that one won't be upped. It's not a problem. That's not a problem. You know, if we have enough shows, we can hibbit jig it. But a lot of people have said, well, you know, um, you didn't need to release my show. That could have been released any time at all. It's, it, wasn't, it wasn't of importance. And that's good to know, but unless I know that beforehand, I, I can't take that into consideration when I'm doing the scheduling. And I don't want to be doing scheduling based on, oh, I think it would be good now to keep that show in the back. Unless people tell me that it is okay to keep it as a reserve. Then, uh, you know, that's yeah. I do, I do feel for you. I had an idea that because I mean, you, when you've been discussing about the fact that you know when the queue gets to zero, the hacker public radio is dead. You know, is that necessarily the case, or is it just a case of for those you know while there's no sh- uh, shows in the queue, you could for that day you could just put out a show recording. Um, a recording of white noise for say 30 minutes and maybe that would encourage people then to because I mean if I tomorrow morning if I came downstairs and turned my telly on and it was just you know fuzz on my telly because nobody out there produced any content of any type you know I'd maybe start thinking to myself oh well well, maybe I'm going to produce some content Uh, exactly but here's the thing you come downstairs in the morning and it's your first show you need to think of a topic. You need to plan because you're. It's it's usually during the summer holidays when things go low. You're with the. Uh, you're out camping in the woods. Um. You only hear this episode. You only hear the episode a week later anyway because HBR is traditionally down quite low on the on the playlists and people's podcatchers. Um. And then we're already playing three weeks of silence on the network. So if you're listening for three weeks on your telly, how long are you going to leave it before you go, well, affect this for a game of snooker, the show is over. 
Whereas if I'm playing a backup show and at the beginning of each of those backup shows I say, this is a backup show, we're playing this because we don't have any regular contributions. This is urgent, we need shows coming in or HPR will stop. There are two more other shows in the queue. The following day, there's one more show left. following day, that's it, HPR is over. That's what you need, a public announcement of broadcast. Oh yeah, there will be a public announcement on these reserve shows. And we, uh, I, I, I would like to task uh, those those people who are contributors and thinking about being contributors. And if you're listening to my voice, you should be a contributor. Uh, to start, I'm going to start thinking for the, for this backup queue of sort of a, you know, non-technical, more whimsical, I guess you would say, uh, sort of topic to contribute because even in the uh, Unix and Unix-like system where a lot of stuff is static, when we're dealing with highly technical topics, a lot of that kind of thing has a shelf life where uh, you you might do a recording and it it's it, and it, it comes up from uh, from this reserve queue uh, two years three years from now it may not it may no longer be as current or as relevant so. <coughs> Excuse me, you know the best eggs ever sort of sort of uh, topic idea. I guess that's already taken, but you know, be be thinking of things in that so, in that sort of uh, neighborhood. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But what I'd also like to say is, I I don't know if if if, if what you said is one hundred percent correct. If you're reading out how to do Unix pipes or use the ls command or use the man pages or if you're describing how said grep and awk works that's going to be as valid today as it was 40 years ago when these commands were originally written there's absolutely no reason why you can't keep something like that technical in the queue it's it's absolutely not a problem and again if we get enough of these reserve episodes these episodes can start playing out they'll just be playing out a little bit slower if we can say we will always keep 20 of these reserve ones around if soon as 21 comes in Number one will be released. That, that's not a problem for me. Sounds like a good incentive, really. And then anybody who wants to hear one of the ones sitting in the queue, uh, it's more incentive to donate to it. Yep, perfect. We could have some vote buttons. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit reluctant. Joking. To vote this voting thing. Sorry, I just don't have any sense of humor this month. For some <laughs> Clearly reason. not, Ken. You need to mellow, man. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's your blood pressure. I'm very passionate about this. I I need the queuing algorithm to be perfect and i need it to be fair just just do that for me cornomino make it better all right let's what move on from from this quagmire that is um that is this some of the other suggestions that came up uh was um oh let me see what did uh, what did we do what were we talking about voting voting yeah um about the um well some people suggested saturday and sunday um broadcasting didn't they and then I think that was very quickly poo-pooed because, you know, like you said, you know, you need some quality time with your family. It's you and just a couple of other people that are putting these podcasts out. So Saturday and Sundays was a no-no. Yeah, the, thanks, actually, for bringing that up, um, Becky. The people have, have suggested uh, the Saturday and Sunday thing for release. And even though, even if we do get the thing automated 100%, then somebody still has to come and verify that the website worked, that the RSS feeds came down, that the AUG MP3 and, and, and speaks and now uh, Opus or 
what's it, what's it called? Epicanus? It's Opus, yeah. Opus. Um, ones will work, that there's no nothing gone wrong with the thingy, that there's no mail in the queue, that there's, you know, everything is working. And that's why, like, if you work in a in a cable industry or in a TV center, or even on a, like, I don't know, 24-hour operation, you have 24-hour operational staff, and I basically don't want to do that. I, don't, I personally don't want to do it. If somebody else does, that's fine. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing was, well, then why don't we not, you know, just release everything as it comes in, and then when it, when the queue dwindles down to um, nothing, just let it go, and then when shows get added in, just release them out. And my personal feeling on that one is, uh, and I do feel quite strong on it, is as if you're listening to a, it builds up trust if you release five shows a week. If you say you're going to release every second Tuesday, like Sunday morning Linux Review, they release every week on Sunday morning, that's it. The Linux Link Tech Show comes out on a Thursday, every single Thursday, that's it. Uh, Dan and Fab release every two weeks. Um, to UK release every two weeks. There's a lot of consistency there. Um, and even if you take somebody like uh, Tattoos, uh, New World Order, he is now releasing on a particular schedule. He will stop for a season, start up again, and stop for a season, start up for again. It it builds up trust in the in you know what we're doing, and people will take us seriously, and people will know, yeah, we're we're a network. Now, I don't know. That's my personal feeling, but other people can have uh, views on that if they wish. Obviously, nobody does. <laughs> well, def- definitely five five days a week is the goal, and. Uh... And said we 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 can see all Rayhouts feasting feasting famine. We were we were uh, when was first started. We were that's when it came up. Said oh well let's let's do seven days a week so that the shows get released. And here we are, only a few short weeks later, and we're you know we're sort of looking at our own mortality. Another uh, two three weeks of shows probably with the uh, uh, with the regularly scheduled stuff thrown in. Yeah, something like that. So there you go. That's uh, that's the way it is. But yeah, what I what I did want to uh, talk to people listening to this, if you've made it this far into the um, <laughs> an hour and twenty eight minutes in, um, the 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 original post that I uh, wanted to was um, was ask that we would perhaps um, instead of people having to bother about encoding shows with the upload um, that into the different feeds that we would just accept one uh, FLAC file coming in. And I don't think anybody has had much of an issue with that. Yeah, if anybody would, it would be me because you guys know I've got the slow bandwidth and my up is about 50% of my down. And I think, uh, oh, I I uploaded a 200 meg uh, FLAC of... Uh, 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 Linux Basics when Door wasn't there to him, and I think it came out a 200 meg file, and it probably took three hours for it to go. So, but I could, uh, it's not like I'm contributing a show a week or something like that, or that I use that I use my up speed for much of anything, and I can certainly uh, let let the computer sit there. And it may be a difference if I do three shows this weekend, I may upload them on three different days rather than all three together uh if if the uh if the ftp server starts to time out as i'm uploading then i'm uh bogged to uh go 
I think this is where I jumped on on the mailing list with my um, kiss analogy, you know, the keep it simple stupid. Because, you know, whilst people are, you know, comfortable uploading shows and they're sort of like seasoned podcasters, you know, for someone who isn't, you just want the easiest possible method to do it. You know, WAV, FLAC, OG, you know, I have no idea. I just want to hit a button, say what I've got to say, and then be able to either email it up. So... For me, some of the mailing list um, conversation almost became too technical and and you're all worrying about the minutia of detail over how we're going to get these episodes up, whereas actually we just need to encourage people to record them and as easily as possible. Absolutely, which is why on the contributing on the mail, uh, sorry, on the main website, if you go to the main website, you'll have the call-in number, which is you pick up the phone, you talk, uh, in fact, if you go to Hacker Public Radio forward slash contribute, so it says, want to record a show. The quickest way to get started is dial the number in the US, uh, 206-203-5729. You say your show, you press the pound sign, and it will magically appear. In the UK, you dial 44, uh, sorry, 0044-023-432-5879. You say your show, you press the pound sign. And that's it. Or hash sign in the UK, obviously. So it couldn't be simpler than that. Anything else, if you're recording it on a portable media player, you can email it to us. This is 100% clear. Yeah, you don't have to have show notes or anything else. But if you are going to do it in audacity, then the next level of person who kind of wants to do that themselves, then they uh, we will include instructions on how to do that on the website as well. So we, we will well, be searching I- for everybody. And Epicanus, this is where I want you to come in after uh, 5150. I was just going to say, I think perhaps it should be pointed out, as you've always said, Ken, that the the standard is that's intelligible, that that we can hear it, and it's of of interest uh, to geeks, which if you're a geek, then then clearly it's something of interest. But we, we may want to put out, uh, these are guidelines for the people who are technically comfortable, you know, being able to do these guidelines. But don't let that be a barrier to contri- contributing. If you're not, if if you look at that page and that, or those instructions, and those seem a little beyond you, please, please just do it in the in the way that you're comfortable with, and you know, not to put too much on you because we always do, Ken. But you know. We'll send it to us, and we'll deal with it as is. Oops, sorry, uh, forgot to press unmute there. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, on the website, it is going to be, it is like that right now. If you if you look, you can see, want to record a podcast, it's very, very simple. That's what you do. Just save it some way and send it in to us. And what I'd like to do as well is um, uh, do some how-to videos and stuff. Epicanus, can you give us a, a rundown on, on following on from your show on discussions on the mailing list, what, what you're planning on doing, and can you give people a link as well? Okay, yeah, what I've been working on is a, is a web page that you could use to upload the uh, upload your submissions, and it's got a, a form on it that sort of guides you through what information HPR needs in order to post the audio, and I'm still working on that, uh, but you can see what I've got so far. If you go to uh, hpr.dogphilosophy.net slash hprup.php, 
and you can take a look at the form that I put together so far and see if it makes any sense, if it makes things simpler, uh, that kind of thing. I've got it set up so if you hover over any of the text, it should pop up with a little explanatory box so you can see what, what the field is for. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a spot-on idea. And what I'd love to be able to do as well, if somebody has uh, knowledge in how to do that, is have a record now button on the website so that you know you want to desperately record a show, you can press the record now. Two other things that was... Uh, sorry, Epicanus, anything else you want... Do you want to talk about the transcoding now, or shall we move that all over to the development mailing list? Oh, you leave that on the mailing list for now. I was actually uh, thinking about doing that as part of the follow-up uh, episode that I was planning to do uh, to the last one that I did. I've got about three topics lined up now that I'm uh, juggling between, trying to decide which one to do next. Uh, as far as the transcoding, from my perspective, the only question I still have is, are we going to require just one uh, file, or can we still do the entire pre-encoding ourselves and just upload them ready to ready to queue? Well, I think as um, Bo Bex mentioned there, that's complicated for the general everyday user. But if you're going to a professional podcaster like, I don't know, Dan or, or Klaatu or uh, yourself, in fact... Being, being one of the few people, including myself, who, including myself who doesn't do it, being one of the few people, excluding myself, who actually uh, submits shows according to the spec that uh, everything is done properly. Um, if I always want to make that option open for people, so that um, you can even secure copy them up along with the encoded uh, um, XML file in Atom format everything done, then I, there's nothing that needs to be done on our side. But that brings up the question again, do we um, do we then make use of um, the other topics? So can I just go back to the other topics that we were going to discuss that was in the, uh, the issues? So issue one was the flack. Issue two was, do we endorse the idea of HPR being used as a way to promote other shows? What do you think of that, folks? Oh, definitely on that. Uh, uh... I mean, and and that's uh, again, that's more work for for you. Of course, it could be automated, but to uh, I've always thought that when we went into the one thousand and the ten twenty four, that we were putting out promos for other shows to play. And at the time, I was wishing that there was there was a way we could work out to reciprocate. Exactly, and um, I know there there has been uh, Corba too has given some feedback. Um, about this topic that he didn't want to see it, but what I felt myself is that um, that uh, HPR coming back from, if you trace it all the way back, our lineage, the whole point of it has been to promote the idea of hacking two people and to get more people involved, get more uh, media out there into the commons, and so I think it's our, one of our real core values is is promoting other shows, getting other people involved in podcasting. Um, ideally, somebody who was thinking of podcasting and decides to put out a show on HPR gets the, uh, their technical thing down and then goes off and starts their own show. That, to me, is a success. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I've always... Uh... Over here, we you know we have these offices called incubators where you can get cheap office space, almost just like a cubicle to start your business. And I've always thought of that way that HPR is sort of that. Or for somebody like me who's not willing to make a a weekly or a monthly commitment to to doing a podcast, but still 
to get their voice out there for for what they can uh, afford to make time to contribute. Exactly, that's... Unmute, Ken. I'm just waiting for the clock to finish, and then uh, Truncate Silence will do its magic. But uh, now there's an unmute, Ken, so I'm going to have to leave in the reference there for people. Um, yes, they... Uh, I I really think it's it's one of our main missions here is to promote other shows. And even at Odd Camp, one of the biggest catches for people was they were kind of wondering what the hell HPR was and you know trying to run past. And one of the big gotchas uh, ways that we were able to hook them in was um, was by giving the list of um, of current po- active podcasts with the most current at the top and then t- tailing off towards the end. And that. You know, all you had to say was, do you want a list of current podcasts? And obviously people were there because of podcasting. And then, you know, you could go, oh, here's a list. I didn't know about this. You're interested in that. Yeah, what do you do? And then the topic. And if you're ever interested in doing a show about this thing that you're passionate about, here's our business card. Here's Hacker Public Radio. This is what we do. We're part of the community, blah, 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 blah. And we're supporting you. So it's it's been a big one like that. Anyway, I was also suggesting that we would play promos from other shows at the end of our show. And I think that is, uh, yeah, unlike it, like on t- the Linux Link Tech Show where they play all the promos every week. I think it would be probably limited to you know one promo per episode would be sufficient. But um, other shows do play our promos, so it would be nice for us to return the favor, as you mentioned. Yeah. So basically, the uh, the promo would be tacked onto the end after the outro. Is that where that would go? Yeah. Exactly. A little quid pro quo seems appropriate. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as somebody hears the, you know, the outro plus whatever thing you want to put on, then at the end there's like a promo. Oh, oh, harmful. And if anybody's, that. yeah, if, if anybody's terribly offended, they can always hit the next button on their on their uh, player. Absolutely, and you bring up perfectly the next point, which is the um, the fact that Hacker Public Radio produces quite a lot of shows. A lot of people get a lot of, like we have, uh, I don't know what, how many gigabytes. If you go to the syndication page, I keep it pretty much up to date. Uh, we have 17 gigabytes on the AUG feed. We have 7 gigabytes on the Speaks feed. And we've got 21 gigabytes on the MP3 feed. So we produce a lot of shows. So um, what people have said to me in the past is, can I just, I just can't keep up with them. And there's a sense of guilt at not knowing watch shows, you know, you just unsubscribe to the entire feed because, yeah, there are a few interesting shows, but a lot of the shows I'm just not interested in. So what I was thinking about doing was putting in a um, short text-to-speech summary. So using uh, Ask the People when they're supplying the show, and Epicanus has added a, um, a field in the upload form, which would be used then to send out to Twitter and whoever to say, HPR's today's show is this. Boom, away it goes. Um, but it would be done with either narrated or a text-to-speech version of that, which would say, today's show is about um, the best eggs in the world. Pokey describes the best eggs in the world. So you would then at least go, okay, I'm not interested in that, press delete, or yes, I am interested by that. Another good advantage of doing something like that is, of course, sometimes the different types of shows that comes out. Some of them are roundtable discussions that you can listen to while you're on the bus. More of them require you to be behind or having access to a computer to follow along, say like uh, Sigflup 
compiler episodes you kind of need to be going along with wikipedia there to follow that show uh, a lot of my stuff you're just as well deleted and move on so it also gives people an option to go okay well i'll skip that until i'm doing the dishes or i'll listen to that now because it's a it's a music show and i'm at work and i can listen to it yeah but isn't isn't a lot of that time going to be redundant from the title of the show um or the summary yeah, already in the feed that is some reason the feed, but you're on your MP3 player. Don't forget, folks, you know, the, the Joe Blog, myself, are, is on the bus. I don't have a- access to anything. I'm just listening with one earbud in. I'm stuffing chickens in a factory or I'm driving a crane. I don't necessarily have an internet access. All I have is my MP3 player, which may or may not have a display on it. Yeah, I agree, yes, but didn't you already? I listen to all of my podcasts without my computer. You know, it's either on the way to work or while I'm doing something in the kitchen or whilst I'm walking the dog. I won't have a computer in front of me whilst I'm listening to them. Okay, well, would it, would it, would it, uh, asking everybody to start their episode with a short summary about what, what's, what is going to transpire, wouldn't that be a little less jarring than doing it with a text to speech? Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to become very, uh, my own, every, warning, everything now is definitely my own personal opinion. The text-to-speech thing is very useful in that it is currently so crap on Linux. Uh, the text-to-speech implementation is so crap, it's like as if you're running, uh, what was that um, CDE or uh, that desktop that uh, Sun had year, uh, on Solaris? Anyone? Yeah, CDE, Common yes. Desktop Environment. Yeah, yeah, CDE. That is where the audio desktop for our listeners who are listening to the show, your comrades, your fellow hackers who happen to be uh, who hack- happen to be uh, um, visually impaired for one reason or another. That is the level of bling that they have. We're not talking about three D rotating cubes. We're talking about them having a fucking CDE desktop. Uh, as far as the quality of their audio goes. If you listen to Apple's Siri, that is how far it can be. And we can take it even further than that. And how we do it is we get more eyes on the bugs. And the one way that we can get more people's eyes on the bugs is by putting in text-to-speech and making a point that every time we use text-to-speech at the end of the episodes we say, thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. This made use of text-to-speech. My voice is crap. Please support the Accessible Computing Foundation blah, 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 who will then use their money to improve my voice. Okay, end of political rant. Thank you very much. Sounds good to me. Who listens to CC Hits here, by the way? Mm, not so much. I tend to listen to um, the, the records that get submitted to CC Hits through other podcasts like the Bugcast. Yeah, but he, uh, he uses the Lynn, the voice uh, from, that Dave Yates used as well. And Dave Yates used that voice, and it wasn't that bad. Okay, admittedly, he speaks voice is pretty crap, but there you go. But I don't know, I'm, if if people are so jarred by it, I can also record my voice doing the summary. But again, it's more work on my part. I don't particularly want to do that. I would love uh, you know, a tolerable text-to-speech at the beginning. It's actually two lines. It wouldn't be that much. But again, this one is completely and totally entirely up to the community to... Uh, I have no opinion otherwise other than my normal opinion. The rest about the queue and stuff, I will. I have personal experience of edge cases that I can give more of an input. Sorry, for the last hour, Ubuntu on this machine has been popping with 
package update and I've been clicking it to go away and it keeps coming up and up and up and up and up. Why this is going to be crunch banged very shortly. Don't do it. Well, as soon as I get Razor uh, QT working, then uh, yes. Okay, sorry, I was item 2B, so a lot of contention about that one. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, 2C is, oh yes, text-to-speech of announcements that come in via Identica, Twitter, or email or something. So, one of the things that we have is feedback. It's like you release shows into a vacuum and you never get feedback from it. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a way of people, after you submitted a show, so on a Monday, that if people tweet to great HPR show, blah, 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 or um, uh, I like your show, correction, this was that, or you, you might also want to look at something else. Just short little messages, either coming in via email, coming in via Identica, Twitter, something like that, or even a web form that would be text-to-speeched and put at the end of the uh, outro or something, or just before the outro. What do you reckon? So just before the promos? Well, I don't know. Don't worry about exactly where they would be. They would be at the end. Before the promos, yeah, probably. Any are, are feedback's actually... good. No, go ahead. I was just. I was just going to say that any feedback's good in any format, surely. So if it's more accessible. No, I was wondering: are people actually doing that now? Are there actually uh, Twitter comments saying, "Oh, this episode was great," or whatever? There are. Um, there's a comment system on the current website, which is going to be replaced. I'll say shortly, but anyway, it will. It, it will happen. Um, it's not a great comment system. Uh, it's completely overrun by spammers. I need to monitor it at all times. There's probably security vulnerabilities in it. Uh, we need to get rid of it. There will be a WordPress uh, feedback system, but what for those even those ones feedback they tend to be like paragraph chapters um, of text. What I'm more thinking about here is something. Oh, I've just listened to the show and I'll send a tweet. Good show, you know, or something nice topic. Something you know, short little one-liners that somebody who's released a show gets immediate sense of feedback the following day or during the week. It would be an easy one to do. Just thought it'd be cool. Fine. If you don't think it's a good idea, go play with myself. Well I was you know, I was just wondering though if you if you that's would be good for the people who listen to every single episode, but as as you've said, there's people who go through and they cherry pick the topics that they think are interesting or they're really going to be interesting if they if they avoid uh episodes by 5150 because all his stuff is rubbish and then you know so at some time a week after that episode is aired somebody somebody uh puts in a comment and it comes out at the end of an episode of that is completely unrelated is that is uh are they gonna is that just gonna annoy them yeah good point but i don't know if that's good enough a point not to do it though if you put it at the end, would be better in that case. So you could fast forward to the end and just play the comments. You prob- probably wouldn't want to do it on hashtag basis. The because um, I'm just looking now. I've just done a search for HPR on the hashtag, and there seems to be some sort of um, completely there's a, different. There's different a race topic. track somewhere. Because yeah, someone's put this class sucks. It's damn early HPR. This guy is shit HPR. There's loads of stuff like that. <laughs> you probably don't want. <laughs> yeah, I'll put up a separate account called HPR and, or something. Uh, you're also going to have the problem of be- before each one, because most people are not, 
unless everybody who comments knows that this that this system is up there there and then they direct their comments to a particular episode and a particular author if you just have a little short comment well that that was a great episode in, in the uh there when you when you hear that you're not going to know what episode they're referring to unless you also you also have an automated uh fill in that says this this was uh term ducking by 5150 yeah i mean we can you're bringing up very very valid points but there there are technical issues that need to be resolved but the, which could be resolved by putting in you know you email feedback at hacker public radio and you go hash uh, eleven fifty. So you know you're giving comments back on eleven fifty, and then if there's a lot of comments coming in, we could then read the following our comments for episode eleven fifty, which was uh, a show by Pokey about the best eggs in the world, and give all the comments about those. I wish you'd stop winding me up about that best eggs in the world. And episode. then mm, smoky bacon, <laughs> and then. Uh, the following are comments on episodes eleven fifty three, which was um, you know the best bacon in the world by fifty one fifty, and give those. So it's technically uh, solvable, but I want to open it to the community. Is this something that we want to do or not? Yeah. Well, first off, door door is the uh, bacon authority, so I would leave that one to him. But I'm wondering if it might be more appropriate to play these comments at the end of the at the end of the monthly review, and you'd you'd have to have a hashtag in there, something that would translate 1150 into into an actual episode name and author, because I don't have memorized uh, which the numbers of my episodes, so it might I, I'd have to go back and look and see if they were talking to me or or talking to someone else. And, and uh, go back. The he keeps uh, going after you, Philip, on on the best eggs. Uh, something that came up earlier. If someone wants to to put in a reserve episode that can explain said and awk to me so that I can understand it, I'm pulling that one out of the feed. Which brings up another question. That by the by, if anyone ever ever has a problem coming up with an idea for a show, please. Come on this show, please email admin at hackerpublicradio.org. I guarantee you, I guarantee you I will find a topic that you can talk to us about. And I would also like a list from people if you have ideas of shows just like 5150 does. You will no doubt after the show be emailing admin at hackerpublicradio.org with in the subject suggestion request for show and then put that topic in and we will put it on the contribution page where you can find a list of topics that people have requested to uh, to have coming up. That's a spirit. No go. more of this hacker public radio dying business. But it's 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 not it, it will die soon. Soon No, it won't. It can it's yeah. not gonna it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, no. The world no. will end at some point. <laughs> no, right, hacker fine. public radio will be a zombie. All right, uh, that was issue D2, advertisements. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, oh, yeah, it was text-to-speech. Text then we also had the advertisement. People like the idea, uh, and I think so, this one has actually been sorted in the in the mail list, but, again, people want to comment. That's, that's fine as well. The advertisement, the intro and the outro, uh, people like to have the option to add their intro and their outro and do stuff to it. So put something at the back and at the front. And I completely agree with that. That's fine. And in Epicanus's 
form, he has added the option to tell us whether the intro and outro have been added, so we know whether to add it or not. So in order to make the uh, intro and outro more um, generic, we will be separating the, this show is sponsored by, uh, currently, if you are downloading it via a normal feed, it will be this show is sponsored by Lunar Pages, blah, 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 all about the Lunar Pages. And we really need to do that because, A, we need to do that because they're giving us a massive discount on on our hosting. Um, but say, for example, we were um, distributing via archive.org, then it would make sense to replace that advertisement on the files that we upload to them to say, this show has been made available via the resources of archive.org. Please consider sponsoring archive.org by going over here. So I don't think anyone has particular problem with that suggestion as such, either that we would separate that out from a separate outro, which feels more about you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio, Hacker Public Radio's blab from Infonomicon, and, you know, keep a generic outro. Well, in that case, least. I think you're you're going to have to automate the, at least the outro. You might let people, uh, you know, uh, do their do their own uh, intro or pick their own intro from the various ones. But if if you're gonna if you're gonna separate it out and not do manual editing on your end, Ken, it's almost gonna have to uh, be incumbent that the that the outro is is edited uh, by by your script, or I mean not edited, but but added by your script. So you're gonna have to start telling everybody, well, don't put the outro. No, in. no, no. The outro can still be there if the outro doesn't have. A um, reference to the to the sponsor in there, be it whoever they are, then the outro can be added by the show host, and then either at the very beginning or at the very end, we can say you're listening to Hacker Public Radio, brought to you by Lunar Pages, blah 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 blah. Or at the beginning and end, we can have a separate. You know, this would be a separate file that we would tag on at the very beginning or at the very end, which would say you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio is brought to you by Archive.org. And then, oh, okay, I understand that the, then, it'll just be audio. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, and again, if you have an issue with that, that's fine. But we do not have an option about not having that sponsor in there. That has to be in there. That's that's kind of the deal with Book Crow. So that well, is, I mean, again, that's only fair. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let me see what else do we have on the mailing list this month. That was about that. We talked about the we talked about the uh, the the voting and stuff. Um, we apologized to Byer Brown. I completely messed up this month. Actually, I uh, put out a show on Thursday, a syndicated Thursday show out on a Tuesday, and the Tuesday show out on Thursday. Um, that was because of uh, I blame my wife. Actually, she was working that night, so I thought it was Thursday, but here. I would also like to request that people switch to the OG feed as well, or Epicanus, can we talk on the discussion list about quickly getting shows to, what, what was that new format? Opus or? Opus, yeah. Opus. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. But at the minimum, people, there's far too many people subscribed to the MP3 feed. I know we only had an MP3 feed for a long, long time, but can we, uh, can we please move off that? and onto the OG feed. It's currently at about, what is it, about one quarter of the people are on OG, uh, three quarters are on uh, MP3. And only would, that reduce, would that reduce the uh, 
hosting, res- uh, well, obviously reduce the resource. Would it, would it uh, uh, r- reduce the uh, cost to the people pro- providing the hosting to us, no, or no. is this more a political deal? It's a political deal, this purely. Purely, purely political. After uh, Epicanus's episode and an upcoming episode that um, uh, that you'll hear hopefully next week or the, the week after, it it kind of makes sense. It supports what we're doing. We're we're all about free. We're all about the commons, I guess. Then yeah, I, what I want if people want to subscribe to the MP3 feed, it's not going away. It's there, but um, at this stage. Uh, as 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 was stated again, the, the majority of uh, of media players support AUG. If you're in a position that it doesn't matter whether you play an AUG or MP3, we have the AUG feed available. Please use it. That's that's all I'm saying. And uh, that is pretty much it. I'll have a quick. Uh, I'll have a quick chat. Oh yes, there was talk of uh, Euro stickers. Um, there's more stickers available. Philip, uh, you have some Crunchbank stickers done. Um, I got they're like small little booklets of six little um, stickers that you got for Crunchbank, and yeah. they're kind of really nice. Uh, to t- can you talk to us about those? I was thinking of getting some of them. Yeah, sure. I just ordered them from. Uh... They're called uh, sticker books, and you can get them from Moo.com. They're relatively cheap. I think I it must be about ninety. You get about ninety stickers in a book, and I think the books are probably well. The cheaper, the more you buy, obviously, the cheaper they are. But I bought hundreds and hundreds of them for about twenty quid or something. So they're um, yeah, they're pretty good, um, and and they're good quality stickers as well. I mean, I've got I've got this Crunchbang one on where I rest my palm. And, you know, there's no fading on it or anything like that, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I really like them. They're kind of very professional-looking ones. Well, we've got some excellent artwork from uh, RF Quirin, and uh, also Tlatu's got some uh, some artwork. If you go to Hacker Public Radio forward slash media, you will be able to browse the directories for all this good stuff. There was talk as well of looking for the Euro HPR Euro sticker, which is kind of nice. Um, I know Pokey got those done. It'd be nice to see if we could get some more of them. I'm actually basically all out of stickers, and I wanted to get some um, for Fostem. Yes, folks, Fostem is coming up, and I'm not going to be able to go because I have a back operation three weeks beforehand, so I won't be able to walk. So um, Dave, uh, Dave Morris will be going, and if there's other people, uh, if there's other people available to help out there that would be fantastic if somebody else wants to contact other podcasters it would be um it would probably no harm to have like just a podcast table as opposed sorry an cast table as opposed to a um as opposed to a um just hacker public radio only one but if anybody in europe yeah i do know a podcaster that's going you know who Matt from TDTRS, Matt Copperwhite. He's ah, definitely going to Fostem. Fantastic. If he um, was interested in um, yeah th- that sort of idea, I was thinking maybe of talking to Dan and Fab as well, and the Ubuntu UK guys and whoever else. Fab's not going, I know that. Yeah. Dan um, seemed to. Yeah, I'm not sure about Dan. I'll, I can definitely contact Matt and talk to him about our conversation and maybe put him in contact with you. Yes, and can you also have a word with them about the New Year's show as well? If you could kind of promote that among people. 
Yeah, we'll do. Yep. So um, I am hoping to go down maybe for one day or something just to see, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to. We'll we'll have a look. And with that, I will see if there's anything else. If I haven't been very busy on the mailing list, and I think I've missed somebody's show by the look of it. Um, so if anybody is sitting there going, why isn't my show in the queue or whatever, you should at least, when you put your show up into the FTP server, you should see it moving into the processing queue. I don't add it to the list until it's encoded and the show notes are done because that's a rule that I have. Um, but once it's added to the list, it will get added in the order of which it came. Does that make sense? Take your silence. Ken, it's Becky. In case I want to record another show or if I actually finally get my husband to do one, um, can you email us the um, FTP server details so that we can upload it ourselves? Yeah, sure, no problem. Thank you. Okay, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on the development mail list with with regards to the... um, the... Epicanus' upload form, which hopefully will get sorted. I also would like to switch. I made quite a lot of changes to the back-end website as well, uh, hopefully trying to close a few holes that were open. I would like to switch the beta uh, .hackerpublicradio.org feed from RSS to being um, based on Atom. Once that's done, I'd like to run it for a week or two and then essentially switch the main website to uh, using WordPress. The reason I don't want to make the switch before I move to Atom is because Atom is a better format and that's what we're going to be using. It supports better times and the roundtable discussion things that we're doing. And if I base it on RSS now, if I make the switch now and people start adding comments to the database, then we have a migration of the comments from there as well as the migration from the comments from the existing comment system. So it would be more work. So um, unfortunately, um, I now have more time than uh, I had planned to have. So we will uh, maybe be seeing some progress on that. Anyone else got anything else? Well, I just wanted to say earlier... Uh, Becky mentioned me in the same sentence with uh, Pokey and Claw 2, and that was very kind. I, I just don't know why I've enjoyed a compliment so much. Oh, bless you. It was my pleasure. Yeah, I, I'd just like to take this opportunity while we're giving each other compliments to uh, say a massive thank you to a certain Ken Fallon for keeping Hacker Public Radio alive and doing a great job. I know it has, uh, you know, negative effects on your uh, blood pressure and stuff, mate, so I think you're doing a brilliant job. Keep it up. Thanks and all, but I would, uh, as I say, it's my firm intention to replace myself with a script, and that that script will be fair and just, so that's the plan. Um, But no, it is very rewarding, Hacker Public Radio, I must say. I think you should name your script ken-fallon.sh. Never, ever, ever type that on a server that I'm on. Or x.txt. We'll never, we should never run that either. Okay, unless anybody's got anything else, that is pretty much it. This should be out on Monday. There's a 5151, then there's Pokey, then there's Tlatu Returns with Network Basics, and then we have uh, True 
Navigum and my bill with the Wayback Machine. And uh, yes, and it goes on. But folks, we are short of shows. So if you're taking anything away from the discussions that we had here, it is without shows, HPR dies. Dies a slow and horrible death. No. You better record one then, Philip. Shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm going to make him do one tomorrow. Yes. It's not Even if he doesn't know I'm recording it. And for all of you who procrastinate out there, I had the idea of the procrastinator's queue. So what you do is you get drunk, you record a show and you send it to me, and I promise not to play it, provided we have shows in the queue. That would be fun. Hi, Paranoid Shell. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Not too bad. Ken, if you, if you want a blackmail show, you just need to sneak in here and record after we finish uh, Pod Brewers on Friday nights. You tell you what you do. You just send me the outtakes for all of those, and I'll add them to the queue. And then we just email people saying, "We've got your show here. We won't release it. Uh, we won't release it." See, I had the thought of just attaching a sans clip somewhere about my person discreetly, and then like recording almost like a day in the life of, whereas other people don't know that you're recording them. But then I'll probably get done for that. Yeah, they get very annoyed when you do that. Very, very annoyed. Not that I have well, any... Not, per- not if it's your husband and your daughter. Some of the conversations we have. Yes, that would be priceless, Lissy, I can assure you. Okay, this is now 2 hours, 12 minutes, 29 seconds, including the silence, so... And we've had no dinner. Oh, you poor things. You can. I've got the additional 12 minutes that you can use as a blooper if you want, mate. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't edit shows, Phil. You, you should know that by now. <laughs> yeah, I do. Just slapped in, intro, outro, we're done. Uh, I'd appreciate people who are expert in audio codecs and um, Corbett 2 and uh, yeah, just getting on the dev list so that we can um, nail down the technical details of what we distribute. Because I know that uh, Bobo Beck says we shouldn't involve people or you know, we want to keep it as simple as possible. The sad fact is uh, when you do send out a OG file or an MP3 to so many people, so many different players, there's an awful lot of things that can go wrong um, that we need to watch out for. So um, but we've got an awful lot of tips from other podcasters as well about what to do and what not to do, what to include. So all that needs to be taken into account. So there you go. That's pretty much it. Join the mail list, contribute to the show, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode. Hacker Public Radio! Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.